0: If you dare. Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and
2: Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Ababa on v the sports betting network.
1: Welcome back, it is our number two of the Lombardi Line. Hanging out with you guys now on the DraftKings Network. We say hello and you can view us over on Samsung TV Plus, over on Ruko and Zumo Play as well. Femi Bebfei, alongside the VP of Operations here at Circa, Mike Palm, and also VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first round pick and national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes, the one and only Mike Pritchard joining us here in studio as we hang out triple option style here on our Football Friday. We do have a guest that's gonna be joining us as well in 30 minutes Michael Calabrese college football betting analyst from the Action Network will get his plays on all things college football. We will get into the college ball slate, Michigan Penn State, very interesting game over there in Happy Valley. Not a wideout though, interesting enough though it's a big noon kickoff game. Uh, so you up and early at it over in Happy Valley. But let's get to some of the bigger games in the NFL this weekend and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on this game in Jacksonville between the Niners and the Jaguars. Right now, San Francisco, a three-point favorite, total sitting at 44.5 over at DraftKings. Where do you guys land on this game? Both teams coming off the bye, kind of going in opposite directions, though.
3: Go ahead, Pritch. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, the 49ers and Chad Brown alluded to this. I mean, they're tinkering still. I, you yeah. know, Wilkes is under. Well, is he moving from the booth down to the sideline now. Oh. Um, so it, they're not a finished product. And I think when you get into November, the mid part of November into December, you want to start getting hot. Uh, but San Francisco's tinkering defensively, which is fascinating with me, with personnel, right? Uh, and, and I don't know what that's uh, indicating. Offensively. Uh, taking a step back to, uh, obviously, some injuries uh, did that in uh, in terms of the hot start that they had. I, I, you know, the thing about this game is, I don't want to say people are sleeping on Jacksonville, but they might be. Uh, they might not be accepting that the fact that Jacksonville's defense is one of the better defenses in National Football League right now, uh, and they're physical. And then on offense... They got this transcendent player who played in college, and he was a transcendent type of player at quarterback. And now it seems like his confidence is changing too, uh, and and the the accompanying uh, players that he has around him, ATN is is incredible. And I think Peterson's starting to understand those guys and what they're capable of. They're the receivers, uh, you can put that receiving core, uh, in, including a tight end, uh, against a lot of people. Now, the offensive line is where you have concerns from a matchup standpoint in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville's offensive line against Bosa uh, at this point and, and all these names that the 49ers are tinkering with. So I got this as a close game underneath the field goal. I mean, I like the points for Jacksonville. Yeah,
4: I know you're on San Francisco, right? Yep. This is your play of the century. Uh, play of the century. <laughs> you said your favorite play of the year. And so Star far, Lock right? of the Season. Ten Ten lock. It, it is my you favorite said, bet of the season. Wow. I thought you were going to say favorite bet of the week. He said favorite bet of the season. He's and been a Jacksonville hater to all. So <laughs> I have been, I've been a Jacksonville. So Duval
1: County, come at me. My favorite play of the season.
4: Well, and then you got Pritchett, into that. He's the underachieving Jacksonville Jaguar. <laughs> Here's your underachieving Jaguars 14 and 3 in their last 17 yeah. regular season games. Yeah. If Chad Henney doesn't go 97 yards at airhood, they're probably in the AFC Championship, yep. okay? right? Mm-hmm. So I think I would rather take the field goal here, but I'm on the under 44.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've seen Purdy have some struggles. This game, the Chiefs came down there in week two in perfect weather. That game was 17 to 9. I think this is a low scoring game. I think this is 21 17. I think this is a, t- a tight game, like you said. So I don't want to lay the three. If two and a half is a different story, I don't want to lay a f- whole field goal. I think it's a close, low scoring game. I'm in the under here. That'll be one of my contest plays for Matt as well.
1: But aren't some of the woes for the 49ers due to injury with like Trent Williams, who's missed the last couple of games, also didn't finish the game against Cleveland? Because like, I just keep going back to like when the Niners were healthy. Mm -hmm. The first five weeks of the season, they looked like the best team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And then the last three weeks, they weren't healthy. And then they started to get some slippage. And even with the slippage, a couple plays go different ways. If Moody makes the kick in Cleveland, they win that game. And then if the will kind of don't turn the football over in Minnesota, maybe if they don't have that gaffe at the end of the first half, maybe they win that game as well. Like, it feels like it's been a couple plays here and there that all of a sudden has now jump-started this three-game losing streak. Now, the Bengal game, nothing to say about that. Cincinnati kind of kicked their tails. But that's Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't think Jacksonville is Cincinnati in that regard. So, like, I I liked laying it here. I think with Trent Williams back and he got back to practice yesterday, uh, Debo Samuel's back as well. I think their physicality will be back, and the Niners' offense that was so efficient in the first
3: five weeks, I think we see that offense once again on Sunday. Well, the thing about injuries, Fem, is um, you know, Trent and that ankle, it's gonna bother him. He's still gonna yeah. play hurt, right? He's he's able to play. Whereas the pain and all this stuff or, or limitations from the in significant injury uh, is going to keep him out of a game or, or, or keep him neutralized. But he's still going to have to deal with it, right? Uh, and so it's like, the, I, I think, and I don't know if betters have this perception. that Oh, he's back. That means he's 100%. No, no, you're never 100% uh, going through 17-game uh, schedule. So can he suck it up enough and play well enough against Josh Allen and all those other guys up front? Uh, for Jacksonville
4: I would say if if and were pots and pans the whole world would be a kitchen and <laughs> your whole city. I didn't care if they won those three games yeah. okay I still don't wouldn't want to lay three in this spot yeah. going across the country playing a very solid Jacksonville team that's to your point overlooked yeah overlooked and then we say who's the best is Kansas City the best is it Cleveland is it Baltimore Miami how about Jacksonville yeah. how about they, they have a right to make a claim to being the best in the AFC so I ask you
1: that, and then I also ask you this: What is Jacksonville's? <laughs> what is their signature win? I'm looking at their schedule right now. Their signature win so far this season is beating Buffalo overseas in London. Buffalo,
4: what we're watching the last month. Well, they got the. they uh, got a guy, look good? They got a guy everybody thinks is the MVP. No, no. They
1: do they,
0: have they, that. They, they, they,
1: they,
4: they <laughs> beat them. I
0: mean, <laughs> that, they took it. good <laughs> they, travel schedule
4: team. Sure. They beat the
1: midseason MVP. <laughs> but like honestly though, they they beat the Colts twice. Sorry to our producer Elliot. The hashtag for the shoe is not very good this year. They beat the Falcons, who everyone wants to run out. Smith off his job and rightfully so New Orleans is New Orleans I mean they needed five turnovers to beat Baygent and then they beat
4: the Steelers I think who the can't Steelers, anybody. the Steelers is their signature win to me is it, that impressive uh, to go into Heinz Field and win by two scores yeah the Steelers muck up everything yeah, they do. And they're, they're not an easy that t- and it was a bad weather game yeah. too I think that's their signature right. I get your point There's, I just here's the thing that's incredible to me is that this is your best play of the year <laughs> it's okay, you know. And, and usually, you like dogs, you like yeah. ugly dogs, and that. This is your best play of the year. I, that's I,
1: I think that this is San Francisco at a discount. And I said, "Hey, if you're going to give me the Niners at a discount against Jacksonville, I'm going to take it every single would day." You, and would, see what happens.
4: would you? Would you play this on one of those pleaser cards where you, you like lay nine and a half at those <laughs> along? You know what I mean? You're very confident in this pick, right? Yeah. Alternate yes. line I'll, minus six and a half. Would you look, minus I mean, six and a half is honestly interesting. I mean, if, if you could take what's the
1: what's the I number? Right? If, if you could take 180
4: and what would it take?
1: Two dollars? I, I think two dollars. Okay, two dollars. That'd be interesting. You're pretty good. I, yeah. I, I, I just like the Niners. Yeah. I think after those losses, I think we've forgotten how good this team is. Now that they're once again whole and healthy, and they've added a little bit of Chase Young to go ahead on the other side of, of Nick Bose. I think they're going to get after trouble along with Gregory like- and who
4: else? they oh, to do <laughs> <rate>. they, <got, laughs> they, they, they got the whole crew. So <laughs> so, Armstead. so do you like them to win the NFC? Then is what you're saying. You think this is the best team? I still think they're the best oh, yeah. team in the NFC, at
1: least as we sit here at the midseason yeah. point. Now okay. maybe the Eagles goals make me
4: shut up yep. but
1: i still think the 49ers until we see them struggle as they're as healthy yeah I still have them as the best team in the NFC. Uh, Speaking of which, the best team maybe in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. We talked about this game with our guest Chad Brown in the first hour, but I want to get your guys' thoughts. Baltimore is now six and a half point favorite across the board. Actually six still here at Circa if you want to go ahead and lay it with Baltimore. Total 38 though. How do you guys see this one with the midseason MVP versus the midseason defensive player of the
4: year? You know, all my future bets on the positive side were on Cleveland. I don't think I was wrong about how good the defense is, and yet the offense can't stay on the field. And that was the problem, even though, was Walker, you know, you can't convert third down for the worst third down Mm -hmm. team. That defense can't play 34 minutes, not against a team like the Ravens. And the Ravens, to me, they look like the best team in football. Forget the AFC. This has been a dominant performance on both sides of the ball. There's a lot to like about him. I laid six and a half. I think maybe now I'm going to go tease them and, yeah. and tease up Jacksonville just so I can be squarely aligned against Femi in this game. Because <laughs> I don't want to root against him if I don't have a play. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. you know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. I, this is my my best play of the weekend is, is yeah. the Ravens. No, I mean,
3: I, I teased uh, Baltimore <laughs> last week. So, I mean, I, the thing about Baltimore, <laughs> yeah. uh, nobody's talking about their offensive line mm-hmm. uh, fully mm-hmm. intact. I mean, Staley back there. Uh, and, and you look at the offensive line for Cleveland, They're banged up, and and Chubb's gone. So it's not the same offense. And Deshaun Watson is not going to turn back the clock four or five years uh, and all of a sudden be a miracle uh, maker out there. So I I think Cleveland's kind of neutralized in what they can evolve to. Stefanski uh, is just not that kind of coach or play caller. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I think Baltimore just has it going. They they are clicking. Mm -hmm. Lamar is in full control of this offense. Uh, He's very confident, too. Uh, and he's got a contingent of players around him that can make plays. You know, and if all of them play in their A, their a game, uh, I think they could blow out Cleveland, to be honest with you. They he did the first time in know, Cleveland. Did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a 28 to three. Yeah. I mean, also, that was Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback. But Watson hasn't been much better, to right. be quite honest. Right, like, right. He hasn't been much better behind center. Injury notes on the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Dewan James, at right tackle. He has not practiced all week long. Mm-hmm. And then Jedrick Wills, who we saw go on IR last week. So we could be looking at two backup offensive tackles for the Cleveland Browns. Maybe this hits seven by the time we get to the weekend. I like, keep thinking I think it's it, going to. I think <laughs> We might get there. I mean, the, I mean, who's stepping in front of Baltimore? I did last week, and I learned in 15 minutes I'm going to lose my bet like, who's, way, who's gonna you didn't st- have to sweat it I didn't have to sweat nope. I said, hey <laughs> lose it whatever don't have to watch the game but who wants to step in front of them I think we actually I think we close seven here with the yeah. Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns. Their defensive front is phenomenal too, it, it is Those really good yeah. they got Clowney playing yeah. well they're saying they'll sign him in August. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, hey, like what's going on? Uh, let's talk about, though, the the the, Cle- the Cincinnati Bengals, sorry, against the Houston Texans. Cincinnati, they have injuries at wide receiver and at pass rusher. T. Higgins has been ruled out. Sam Hubbard, their secondary pass rusher, he's been ruled out. Sounds like Chase questionable, but it looks like he'll be able to go. Uh, they're laying six and a half against the upstart Houston Texans. 47 is our total. Can Houston hang with one of the AFC big boys?
4: Um, I won't play this game. To me, the the dr- intrigue is, will this be the most popular play in survivor if you didn't Ooh. have the injuries you might have 850 because everybody has them available they never could use it with burrow injured early mm-hmm. in the year so i think there's 1120 <laughs> you know, that's why you're that's well, why you're, that's why it's a lot of theory right now for you <laughs> But put, i think it's 1120 out of 1150 have this team left right wow. yeah. so but now it becomes interesting because with the injuries, mm-hmm. now if you have Dallas and Detroit, you probably use Dallas. But if you don't and you can't use Dallas because you only have them, you don't have Detroit, then I
3: think this is your survivor play. Yeah, you know, it's tough because of what they evolved into, and now that could be slowed down a bit because of injury. Uh, and they can't run the ball dominantly like they need to, right? And I, I, I'm curious about Houston. Mass unit, uh, but <laughs> curious about taking the points with Houston, though. We'll
1: wrap up our NFL discussion to wrap up the show. But coming up next, we'll get into the marquee games in college football.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: This is the Lombardi
0: Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Up on VSN, the sports betting network.
1: Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here on a football Friday. Let's transition, gentlemen, over to college football because we do have a big game that will be kicking off the action Saturday morning over in Happy Valley as Michigan, the number three ranked team in the country, according to the College Football Playoff Committee, will take on Penn State in a top 10 showdown in the Big Ten East. Wolverines right now, four point favorites over at DraftKings. Total is at 45 So many weird narrative angles, I think, that you could play with this game. I'm curious to see where you guys land with this uh, big game in the Big Ten.
4: I'm curious to see where Pritch lands, too. (laughs) I know where I am, but I'm I'm curious to see where he lands.
3: Well, I I mean everybody's waiting for Penn State to take that next step. And it's like, oh, is this going to be the game? <laughs> We've been waiting a decade. Oh, right, right. Uh, they got, they've got they evolved with the quarterback situation, okay, but I didn't see that against Ohio State. Not I at all. I didn't see any of that, right? And for any time for that to happen, I should have saw that then. Uh, running the ball, okay, Michigan, we know Michigan can run the football. And I think when you travel that way, running the football, when you have that type of mindset, Oh, uh, you're looking to dominate. Um, so I don't know if four and a half is enough. Uh, to be honest with you, I like Michigan in this game. I made this game six. Okay,
4: um, I'm a little concerned because a lot of people lining up here to bet Penn State. I, f- mm-hmm. I find really? it. Cu- I find it curious. I saw in Bill 80's email. I mean, I don't think there was a Michigan play of the people who who put their picks in early of, of our our analysts oh. here this week. It was all Penn State. Uh, I like Michigan. Um, You know, it starts with small game, James. Mm -hmm. They they don't win these games. But more concerning was the play calling at Ohio State. They would not throw the football on their own side of the field. Not till they got to midfield did they take any chances. Which you can't do that against Michigan. You're not going to be able to line up the ball and run it down there. They're going right. to have to take chances throwing the ball, and unless Michigan turns the ball over three or more times, I don't think that they can stay stay with them in this spot. No. I, I and I don't think they score much either. I think this is a game that looks like another Ohio State game where you're looking at you know twenty seven ten. I don't mind the under either here, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I like Michigan here. Yeah, I was going to say, would you parlay Michigan with the under? Like, I never parlay a favorite okay. with the under. Yeah. I, okay. Just because of the the mathematics of it. Of, yeah, then. it gives you a short window. It, it may be if it's under a field goal, mm-hmm. but no, I wouldn't do it in this spot. Yeah,
1: I'm in agreement with you guys as mm-hmm. well, which maybe maybe we're missing the boat on uh-huh. Penn Man. State here, but I think mean, Penn State's got to prove it to us that they can win these types of games. And if you're going to bet plus four and a half, you're pretty much saying that they're going to be competitive to the point to where they might actually be able to win, yeah. which I don't see how that happens. Like Based on what we've seen from Michigan so far this season, and I get that the schedule has been cupcake city. Like they have played. Who's their
4: best no- win? <laughs> yeah. I I I picked that's the bowl on g- somebody. They said Rutgers. I said it's you and LV. is their best yeah. win Honestly, actually. But it's <laughs> a continuation
3: of what yeah. they've been though, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not like uh, no. I mean the schedule is a schedule. Um, yep. uh, you know, Penn State. I've been waiting for Penn State to break out since Bo Nix and Auburn went up there yeah. years ago, <laughs> um, and, and that's that didn't happen. So I, I just don't. I, I don't want to wait on Penn State to break out, right? And I don't think they're going to break out
4: against Michigan. I remember that game very vividly mm-hmm. because I had met Metcalf on. I'm was out on a Friday. So then they would let me have four guests and just interview people. <laughs> and so I had met Metcalf comes in. who, well, By the way, is just terrific when you can get him on. Mm-hmm. And he told me his real number on that game was twelve. He thought Penn, you know Penn State should just kill them in this game. And I remember watching again. I know there were SEC refs. Right. They yeah. went up there. It was. I remember yeah. it's an SEC yeah. crew. Yeah. I think it was a whiteout but too. Right? It was. Yep. Yep. But Auburn stayed right with yep. them right to the they end did. of the game. And uh, a good point. That's yeah. a good call there.
1: Yeah, and I just I can't get there with Penn State. They're gonna have to show it to me before I can even even think that they could win this sort of a game here. And uh, Michigan. Like like we said, haven't played anybody, but still their efficiency numbers and all that stuff far surpasses what we've seen from the Nittany Lions. Uh, How about Ole Miss and Georgia? The Georgia Bulldogs are 10 and a half point favorites. The consensus number total is at 58. Ole Miss has kind of been like quietly lurking in the SEC West or so. Only a one loss team now in the top 10. Uh, A big game out there for Ole Miss. But uh, we'll see what happens here now they're going between the hedges against a Georgia team that's getting a lot more comfortable letting
4: Carson Beck throw the football down the field. Yeah, I think Georgia can score here. I just don't think the Mississippi defense is good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Georgia got tested by Missouri last week. Yep, Look, I mean, Georgia's had, had to overcome slow starts they trailed in the second half. I just don't trust the Mississippi defense enough. I mean, you shouldn't give up 31 points or whatever they did to AM yeah. at home yeah. uh, last week. So I'm not going to play the game. Um, but if Georgia wins by three scores, I wouldn't be shocked.
3: I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> the thing about that, though, is I'd be inclined to take the points here a yep. little bit because, I, you know, Georgia, they do start off slow mm-hmm. way too many mm-hmm. times. But they get it going and then Kirby he'll come up with some type of blitz that will propel the Bulldogs right he'll come up with some timely play defensively uh, which he's able to do that with with those type of athletes and uh, therefore as far as winning the game I this this is going to be a compelling game to me in terms of if Ole Miss can rally to, uh, rally together enough uh, and and play a solid game for at least three quarters uh, then that's why I would be compelled to take the points here yeah
1: I, I feel like Georgia and it's hard to say that they've been overlooked since they're the two-time defending mm. national champions. Uh-huh. But we've, there's been so much conversation about the Big 10 teams, about the Pac-12 teams. Even there's been conversation about Alabama. Like, it feels yeah. like we've just forgotten that Georgia feels like they haven't lost in forever. And they, and they just win a bunch of games and they win these big games. So uh, I think Georgia goes out there and reminds everybody why they're the, one of the best teams in the country in this spot. Mm. We'll see what happens. Speaking of the Pac-12 teams, Mm. Washington hosting Utah in a mid-afternoon time slot. Fun game over there in Seattle. Huskies laying eight and a half, total 49 and a half. And I'm curious to see what we see from Washington in this game because you go from last week's track meet up and down the field, everyone feels comfortable. And now you come to a phone booth facing the Utah U2. Yes, they're not at Rice-Eccles, but their physicality still travels. Uh, do you think this is a game
4: that the Utes can keep this thing close and maybe give the Huskies a scare? Yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know in this game because I want to say no. I want to say that in, in Husky Stadium, this is going to be too much for them without, you know without a prolific offense to stay with Washington. But Washington's not going to be able to run the ball like they did against you. They just said, look, we know we can run the ball against you. Why take any chances? And they actually went out and ran the ball. Um, I think Washington checks the box and moves on to the Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. I'm not sure what to do with the point spread here. Uh, So I'm not getting involved in this game because I do respect Whittingham. I mean, I really do. But I look at what Oregon did to them. Yeah, Rice Eccles. I mean, he basically conceded that game in the second half. Yeah, he yeah. was running out the clock and down three scores in the fourth. Tapping he he really had no shot. I <laughs> mean, yeah. which I respect him thinking how good Oregon was. You know,
3: yeah, it's not the strongest Utah team. I no. mean, Utah has been sneaky in terms of recruiting, uh, and really, Whittingham's put together some solid teams uh, over the years. Uh, t- this one's just not that type of caliber team, uh, and to go on the road against a high-powered outfit like Washington. I, for Washington to just drop off or or, or, or play down uh, from a level that they've achieved, that's going to be hard to do, in my opinion, because uh, they can run it. And I think once you run the ball against SC the way that they did, that opens up a lot more things. And, and certainly uh, with Penix playing that way too, high, high, high efficient quarterback, uh, it, it could be too much. I know the line's come down, right? It was at nine. Was, yeah. and, and now it's at eight here uh, on the screen. I thought it could be six. That was earlier in the week, but uh, it's not going to do that. I mean, I, I just from a letdown standpoint, but no, I, I I like Washington in the game. If
4: we get Oregon-Washington here in Vegas for the Pac-12 and a berth in the playoff, it will be for a berth in the playoff. They can't get shut out. No. I, no because I, hope, Texas, I hope you're right. Texas will be the odd team out, I, I think. You but think so? Yeah. That brand. You're not putting t- a one-loss Texas in over a one-loss, a one-loss Oregon, and Washington obviously is going to go right. in if they're undefeated. Do you think... Oregon will be a full field goal favorite? I, I do. I think it'll be more than that. You think it'll be more than a field goal in that I, game? I, <laughs> honestly? Yeah, back 12 championship. Based yeah. on <laughs> what we've seen, <laughs> uh, why can't it be six? Mm. I have to tell you that Oregon's my number one team. I they're think they're really the best good. team in the country. They're really good. And if good. they don't make it, Dan Lanning cost them this season <laughs> with, that, with those Just decisions. Yeah, chasing yeah. those points all yeah. the way and the ridiculous call at the end of the half to roll him all the way across the field and make sure he only got one play. <laughs> it was ludicrous. There was eight huskies in that corner of the end zone by the time Nick's got to the other half. Sprint right, let's yeah. do it was a ludicrous you know. play. Yeah, I didn't understand. And a horrible that. play on third down in that last drive. The yeah. run into the middle of the line on I third mean, and two. I mean, Bo Nix might be minus three hundred to win the Heisman. Have they won minus eight hundred? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I do think that this is a little bit of a tricky
1: game for Washington. Okay. Just just because okay. of Utah's physicality. And like, I am a Husky fan. Like, I obviously want the program to do really well, but. This team, I don't think, is very physical. And when you play USC, yeah. that's fine. You can mm-hmm. put up 50 points. What about when they played well, Oregon? And, and when you played Oregon? Them. But we saw Oregon outplay them. It was yeah. a lot of it. Dan Lanning yeah. kind of yeah. screwing <laughs> it up there. Right, so right, like, right. I don't think Utah can score like Oregon scored. So I think Washington will still win. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me if this is like a touchdown game mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, I think Utah's physicality bringing Washington into the phone booth, I think it keeps it a little bit closer mm-hmm. than the market thinks.
4: You go back and look at Washington in non- a non-cover in Tucson, And you have a little more respect for that game now, as well as Arizona. Arizona Arizonas Arizona's very good. good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that game. I was like, God, if you can't beat Arizona, then you fast forward to
1: November, and it's like, oh, that's actually a really good win. (laughs) That's a really good win on the road down there in Tucson. Uh, We will get to more college football on the other side. Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network, will give us his card and thoughts on the biggest games next here on Lombardi Live.
0: is the Lombardi line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now, here's your host, Femi Bebathay on VSEN, the sports betting
2: network.
1: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Vegas when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome back, this is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard having fun here on a football Friday. And to help us break down the college football card, we bring it in. Another Mike, Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network. Michael, we appreciate you joining us as always. Let's get into the big Pac-12 game that you have on your card. This one is a Pac-12 after dark showdown. USC at Oregon. The Ducks right now, 16-point favorites at home. Total 76 here. Is this just that USC's defense is not going to be able to hang with these guys? Or how do you see this one breaking down?
2: Unless you believe in a dead cat bounce with this USC defense, you got to play the Ducks laying the points here. Even though Alex Grinch is out as their defensive coordinator, it's the same cast of characters that ranks 123rd in explosives allowed and critically 104th in success rate against the run. And obviously, even with Bucky Irving banged up, Oregon's going to want to run all game, And I don't think there's any way that USC can slow him down. You know, if Jordan James ends up getting the start, he was a four-star kid coming out of high school. I think he has no problem going for triple digits in this game against the Trojans defense. And really, when you get into the weeds a little bit, last year, the USC defense had similar issues, but their calling card was that they finished sixth in takeaways in the country. They're down to 46 in that department this year. So they're just not getting off the field, whether it stops or turning other teams over. And Oregon this year has been phenomenal and Bowen. Has been really, really good at home, so I, I see more of that for the Ducks here, and just a runaway win for a USC team that, with nothing left to play for, no Pac-10 or you know Pac-12 title game appearance, no college football playoff appearance. I think it's white flag time for USC.
4: Michael, I'm curious about your play tonight in the American with North Texas catching the points against SMU. Preston Stone and the Mustangs still undefeated. Three-way tie atop the conference. They put up some big point totals, and we know that uh, North Texas has struggled on defense. Why do you like the points in this spot?
2: So let's assume that Preston Stone clears the concussion Mm -hmm. protocol and that he's a go in this game. At this point, it's still unknown. He's questionable. But even if he were to play, the Mean Green are 5-0 against the spread in the American, and it's pretty simple. The reason why they've been able to cover every single conference game is their offense is electric, and Chandler Rogers, I'm giving him this title right now, he's the king of garbage time. In the fourth <laughs> quarter this year, UNT leads the country in fourth quarter points in the last two months, over 14 points per game, and when you look at their offense holistically, they're 21st in scoring, ninth in total offense, and tied 10th nationally in plays of 20 yards or more. So when I look at the you know chance for them to get a backdoor cover. It's going to be wide open for this entire game against an SMU team that is undefeated in conference play. They're definitely in the thick of it in the AAC. And there's a little bit of a look ahead factor because next week they go on the road to Memphis, a game that's going to be critical and will determine if they make it to the AAC title game. So in a game where they're probably going to be in cruise control in third and fourth quarter, I could see them taking their foot off the accelerator, getting some snaps for their backup quarterback, whether Stone starts or not. And with all those factors, I like UNC plus at this point in the markets, you know, 19 and a half. I've seen even 20 and a half
3: floating around. Michael, sticking with uh, your best bets here, Um, you know, Colorado State SCSU is an interesting matchup uh, considering what's happening in the Mountain West Conference with those two teams. Uh, It's three and a half, uh, laying three and a half with, with Colorado State. What are you looking at?
2: So this is the time of year when you look for those teams that need to make the last second push for bowl eligibility and CSU needs to win out. But they have the tin cans in front of them to get it done. They got San Diego State, Nevada and Hawaii. And I think their three and six overall record belies the fact that they're pretty electric on offense. They're the ninth rated passing offense with Braden Fowler, and Nicolosi at quarterback. And as a freshman, he makes freshman mistakes. They're 107th in an interception rate. But San Diego State critically this year has taken a huge step back on the defensive side of the ball. This is one of the best G5 defenses for the last five years. They're all the way down to 128th in defensive success rate. And if they do get down, this offense is horrific. They're 132nd in explosives generated. They basically have a converted safety at quarterback. So I don't see you know them being able to get back in the game if Braden Fowler and you can get hot early. And the last part of it is that Colorado State in the last three games, they've been close to breaking through. They almost beat a UNLV team, losing at the buzzer on a field goal. So, you know, UNLV team that's probably going to win eight or nine games this year. They were tied at halftime with Air Force, and they only lose by nine against Wyoming. So I think if there's any opportunity for them to break through in Jay Norvell year two, this is it. This is the springboard game. I think it's going to be a bit of a neck crack for their offense that can really hit the big plays. I see them running up 450, 500 yards on a listless list a Aztec defense.
1: We're hanging out with Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network, breaking down his college football card. I know you don't have this game as one of your best bets, but it is the marquee game of the day in college football tomorrow afternoon. That's Michigan at Penn State. Wolverines, four-point favorites over at DraftKings, total 45. Any lean for you or thought on the side or the total in this game? Which the narratives will be all over the place with Harbaugh. We think he's out on the plane. Who knows what's happening with this Michigan program here, but uh, anything for you, Michigan, Penn State, side or total?
2: If this was a whiteout game and it was a night game in Happy Valley, I'd consider Penn State. But I think when you look at James Franklin's track record against Ohio State and Michigan, he's 4-15 straight up, and he's 2-7 against the spread when facing Michigan. He's basically the opposite of the old Bob Stoops, big game Bob narrative. He just kind of wilts in these situations, which is interesting because I think he's made really heady coordinator hires. I really love Manny Diaz on the defensive side, and Mike Yursich, you know, worked magic in Stillwater, particularly with pocket passers. And early in the season, I thought that's exactly what he was doing with Aller, but they just refused to go downfield. They're still in the bottom 10% of college football teams in terms of their A dot, which is average distance of target. So they're just not stretching teams in that way. And this Michigan defense is too good. If they're playing downhill and they know that every pass is going to be, you know, inside of 12 yards, kind of that pickleball offense, so to speak, I think the Wolverines are going to eat them up. They're going to be able to grind out a win. So I wouldn't mind laying the points.
4: Michael, I want to switch to the Big 12. Another 9 a.m. Pacific kick on Fox Sports 1. <laughs> Texas Tech and Joy McGuire are taking on Kansas. I thought last week was going to be a really tough spot for Kansas coming off the huge win over Oklahoma and having to go to Jack Trice at night. But they went wire to wire against a Cyclone team with a pretty good defense that's been on the improve, improve under Matt Campbell. Now come home lane four against Tech.
2: Yeah, I, this is another play. I think I'd go with Kansas in this spot. I think it's just a huge coaching advantage. Leipold has proven, you know, in his last two stops that he's somebody who just does not get beaten in terms of the game planning element of the of is you know the game to game stretch. And at quarterback too, the fact of the matter is when they went to bean, I thought there was going to be a pretty big drop off and there just hasn't been. They've been able to generate offense and consistency. And Texas Tech is that team, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum because of injuries, at quarterback, they've been inconsistent. So I'll just go ahead and roll with the better coach and the better quarterback at this point.
1: Michael, I want to get one last uh, SEC game off you here before you get out of here. Uh, Tennessee and Missouri right now. Mizzou is a three-point dog at DraftKings, total of mm. 59. How do you see the Tigers kind of trying to bounce back after a pretty impressive effort last week against Georgia?
2: So this is another player availability question that is going to keep my money on the sideline right up until the kickoff. Luther Burden third is so critical to this Mizzou passing attack. He's somebody who is in the mix to lead the country in receiving yards per game. He's dinged up and Drinkowitz has been a little bit cagey with the media about his availability in this game. If he's not able to go and, you know, the the defensive focus from Tennessee is going to be in that backfield and putting more pressure on, on Brady Cook. I'm wary of playing Mizzou in this spot, even at home. And I think Tennessee, because they're you know not quite up to the same standard as the heights that they reached under Hendon Hooker, I think a lot of people are just kind of selling them in terms of their overall ceiling. I don't feel that way. I think their offense is still quite balanced. And I think if they're playing a nearly one-dimensional Mizzou offense without burden in the slot and moving them all over and gadget plays and everything else that he means to that offense, I think Tennessee becomes a strong play in this spot.
4: Tennessee gives Georgia a run
1: for their money next week there.
4: Can I ask you one question Mike? It's an oddball one so it's not a specific game. What Power 5 conference champion this year will be the most surprising to people right now? So what team is going to be at the longest odds that will win a Power 5 championship?
2: So that, that is an interesting question. I think I would probably opt for something wacky to happen in the Big 12. At this point, mm-hmm. when you look at the fact that Oklahoma has fallen back and that Texas is still in a precarious position because of their quarterback situation, is Ewers really ready to go this weekend? If not, do they roll with Malik Murphy and try to you know tailor their game plan more to him? I think that could open the door for a team to win outside of the Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. narrative that we've basically been talking about since Red River. And I think for that reason, that would probably generate, you know, at the very least, the most interesting conference championship matchup of the Power Five conferences. Yeah,
1: feels like we're in for something wacky in the Big 12, but that's how that conference always plays out. (laughs) You know, who who had Kansas State winning the Big 12 last year? Not me. Uh, He is Michael Calabrese, college ball betting analyst over at the Action Network. Check out all his work. Michael, we appreciate you
4: joining us and good luck with the bets this Saturday. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Could the ACC get wacky? Well, why? It's going to be well. You know the two teams. I mean, Louisville's the longest of the presumptive teams, right? Mm -hmm. Well, other than Iowa, but, but could Louisville beat Florida State? I don't think so. That was a sharp play last night, too, and I couldn't figure out why Virginia. Oh. It's was a sharp play. And they, they were ahead, late. I was going to say, they should have uh, won the game. They <laughs> won
1: the game. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the ACC. Where on paper, it looks like it's a cakewalk for Florida State, but we know college football, nothing is ever as easy as it seems. Well, let's wrap up the show and break down some more NFL games on the other side of the Lombardi line.
0: This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Tommy Abbafei, on VSN, the Sports
2: Betting Network.
1: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets or where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at
3: vsin.com.
1: Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi Line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here on this football Friday, triple option style. Always fun with you guys. Always always flies by these two hours, but it's a fun two hours though to uh, head into the weekend. We do thank our two guests that joined us here on the program, former NFL All-Pro Chad Brown, now NFL and college football analyst over at Westwood One. He joined us in the first hour. And then thank you to Michael Calabrese who joined us in the last segment, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network. But uh, let's get into some of these nfl games and you asked me this on my hit on primetime last night if uh, i would lay 17 with the dallas cowboys well it's (laughs) currently 17 and a half (laughs) right now (laughs) dallas is a 17 and a half point favorite against the new york giants inexplicably this is america's game of the week in the late afternoon window i'm not sure who scheduled this but uh (laughs) totals 39 38 and a half depending on where you do your shopping you did bring up a good point, though, about this Cowboys team, about their front running mentality to where maybe this big number isn't too big based on what we've seen when they played inferior opponents.
4: Well, they won in. They, they covered this number easily in it at MetLife opening night in the rain against Daniel Jones. Boy, hmm. did they cover that number easily, huh? that three and a half. I, yeah, well, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think this is an outrageous number when you have DeVito. I mean, Francesa's rant a couple weeks ago after the Jets, he's completely right. How do you keep a guy on the roster that can't even attempt to throw the ball to right. wide receivers? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's – would you ever take the points here? I no. wouldn't. Nope. Would people consider teasing Dallas down to 10? <laughs> I know you're not supposed to do it at these big numbers, mm-hmm. right? But I, I actually may have this in my, as a contest play in oh, late wow. the 17 late with 17? Dallas. Sure, because mm. this is what they do. It's just like Jim, James Franklin. He covers against bad teams. This is what Dallas does, especially at home. They get on top, and they're great front runners. Dak's very good with the lead. Dak's very good when he only has to throw the ball 18 to 20 times a game. They're very good. Look at all the numbers. Um, giants are awful. DeVito's got no chance of winning.
3: I agree with all that, uh, and then I'll throw in the fact that uh, you know, wink. You, you can't, you can't, I mean, you can't
4: blitz your way to you, you to really. uh, uh, to a freaking victory. You, I have a, you It's. A, it, I'm starting to understand that the wide receivers' most passionate opinions are about DCs. Yeah, <laughs> are they right? are. I mean, they it, are because that's, really, yeah, that's, that's what, what yeah. we study. That's
3: what we study, and the tendencies of all that. I mean, yeah. what is he going to sit back and play zone no. all day? he would never. Right, right, and so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just personally won't lay it, but yeah. um, I could see how you got there, though. So
1: to your point, Mike, in Dallas, in four of their five wins, they would have covered this number of 17. <laughs> 40 to nothing against the Giants week one, 30 to 10 week two against the Jets, 38-3 against New England in week four, and then week eight, 43 to 20 against the Rams. Like this is what they do when they play bad teams yeah. they bully them and it's looking like it might be another would you play like the alt line that that you asked me like would you play like a little like late 21 and a half why not
4: like well why not when it when it gets out of, and you think devito's going to manufacture some late points uh-huh. for
3: backdoor cover backdoor here? devito <laughs> i mean seriously seriously hey you it's, know. <laughs> it's, it's 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 really bad i mean he's he starting over barkley by the way anyway yeah,
1: yeah that's a great question cuz Look, Barkley's bad, but he ain't DeVito bad. No,
4: no. <laughs> Why and, and did they take the ball in overtime yeah. against the Jets? Why wouldn't they have kicked off? And, and mm-hmm. they get a holding penalty and he throws two passes behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> on, first, on second and right? third and 20. I mean, just punt on third down and hope to get a roll. Mm-hmm. Let's get to a game that could be really good. Are you gonna, in the way- I, want, I want to talk about this game in Seattle. Oh, you want to talk about the game in Seattle? I do because okay. I find I know I know Del Rio is another one of your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> this this it's like a sworn enemy between no, Dodge and Del Rio. It's a problem. Yeah. This Commanders team is a feisty dog, right? They're yeah. good on the road as a dog. I know, Femi. You 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 laid, laid it. it. Yep. You laid yep. it here. Yeah. I had him last week at New England. They won out, right? Mm-hmm. I took yep. the three. I, I I don't want him at home as a small favorite over bad teams or you know like that they, they haven't been good in that role. But I just think they they move the ball against everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know. The kid, the kid at quarterback, man, he's been very, very good, uh, and we don't talk about it, right, Sam? I do He's been very good, and and because this team is in Midland and they we're talking about Rivera going to fire Rivera, I don't know. I think they might be able to keep this game close, uh, but I was interested to get your take because I know Femi uh,
3: already laid the points. Well, there's the something going on with this offense. Yep. I mean, I I don't know if they're lacking identity or not. Mm-hmm. Is DK playing? I know he's banged up. With he the hip. he
1: banged. He didn't practice yesterday, yeah. so that's a concern, right? Right. DK Metcalf, right, and so
3: uh, Smith and Jigba dropped a pass. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know where he is from a rookie standpoint. It, it seems like Gino is inconsistent, too. Now, can they just go back and rely on a running game and run it against the commanders? They should. Uh, but you're right about offensively for the commanders. I mean, I think um, they're feisty because of who's calling the plays. That, that's, that's just who Eric is. Um, but then also they're, they're not disciplined enough, too. Sometimes and this this type of game on the road, if if Seattle had the home field advantage that they used to have, mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be a no brainer in terms of laying it. Uh, but I'm reluctant to lay it just because I don't. You're talking about the kingdom. I mean, you remember? Well, it no, the, I'm talking uh, about uh, Legion, I, Ball, I, I Legion, know, Yeah, know, not, not that far. I, know, I, I don't go I mean, back know, that I far know, all I, the time. You played the kingdom. <laughs> I, for I God, did. God, I, so I God. did. God. Shout out to the kingdom. Shout out to the kingdom. That's right. That's right. Uh, and by the way, YouTube wormhole. Uh, the fights between baseball teams. I've been doing that. It's been spectacular, Uh, by the way. Uh, Anyway, I digress a little bit. Um, But no, Seattle just isn't that team at home like they used to be. So one of
1: the reasons why I laid it is that I think Seattle is just an above average football team. Mm -hmm. When they play good teams and step up in competition, I don't know if they can hang. But when they play teams that are inferior, like the commanders are, they can put a number on this team. Like the Commanders' defense is not
4: good. Like, like, and it we should saw be even, better, though. It should, right? be, it better, should but be better. They have, they it should be co- better, but it's not have, good. Can, I, what, but <laughs> can they open up? They've
1: changed top? everything except the obvious person <laughs> that they should change, but like, right? But, he, but even in the game though, last week when like I took the points as well with Washington. There's opportunities to make plays, but New England's offense yeah. is New England's Could offense. Not take yeah. They're not no, going to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. Seattle can. Yeah. I
4: think Geno Smith yeah. can take advantage yeah. of it. Yeah. So
1: I like this. I'm lane I, I,
4: It's interesting because I also think that in the other game in, later is is very interesting to me. The full three Detroit yeah. lane.
1: That's, mm, mm, hard that's hard for uh, me yeah, to, yeah, get to, that that spot, to get the three. So I want to get that? That's a right? good right? matchup. Lions laying
3: three. Yeah. No. This is a great matchup. I like I like the Chargers. To be honest with you, me too. Because just because they're identical, like and the matchups. Uh, are, are in, in, interesting to me. Defensively, Detroit's kind of taken a step back recently. Uh, whereas the Chargers, they brought the physical play on the road, which surprised me uh, last yeah. week uh, against the Jets. And I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed by how what, physical they I got. Know, was. In it, that game. it
1: felt like they just didn't screw it up and like the Jets well, were just
3: going to... That's they, okay. They're, which, they're, right. yeah. That's okay. When you can simplify the game and <laughs> yeah. run it and be physical and then, okay, let's control it that way, and then let your defense do what they needed to do anyway. So uh, by simplifying things, it's like Staley has realized how much talent he has on the field. He doesn't have to overcomplicate it with scheme. Pritch, on Halloween night mm-hmm. in, in McDaniel's
4: last game, mm-hmm. the whole first, um, whatever, 25 minutes of that game, it was all weighted. The whole game was played on their And they were only down 9 nothing. Right. they kicked, And they came out and just gave Jacobs the ball the whole drive. They went right down the field. Mm-hmm. Never even faced a third down. Boom, 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 yep. touchdown. He, re- he carried the ball three more times the rest of the game. I think you can run the ball on the Lions. Yeah, yeah I, I think, And I think right, San Diego will be balanced yeah. in mm-hmm. this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but
1: are we also looking at 85% Lions fans there? Because the Lions fans took over Lambeau <laughs> they Field. travel. Yeah.
4: If, if you can take yeah. over Lambeau Field. Maybe if it was in San Diego with all the Chaldeans. I don't know how many will come, come all the way to <laughs> L.A. Come to L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> some, some
1: sunshine in
4: November? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be like, what, 75 degrees out there? Have a nice weekend on the West Coast. You, you're not going to be involved in that
1: game? I would lean to t- the Chargers from the yeah. numbers standpoint, mm-hmm. which is why I'm not going to be involved because I still okay. don't trust
4: the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Pritch, you're going to be at uh, Legion for Raiders. I am. And Jets, Go you're going to have a play on the game? Um, um, or are you going to plead the fifth like Robert no, Sala? No, no, no. no I, I,
3: I think... Uh, have
4: you ever had a head coach say, why don't you change court? I plead the fifth. Plead the I've never have had you ever had a head coach, had <laughs> had a head coach <laughs> like that? You've never seen yeah. anything like what goes on in today's NFL. And I said I like would play
3: for the guy too because he puts it out there. Now he doesn't want to put it out there. He doesn't anything. That scares me a little bit. I'm playing <laughs> watching the Chargers run the ball you would think okay can the Raiders do that against the Jets in that defense and they're going to have to um, and it's not the raw raw nature of what's going on with the Raiders too I think their identity of the team is to run the football and be physical right uh, I, I have it as a pick them just like it yeah, is right it's the market Um yep. Yeah, I might have a play on this one. It might be part of my parlay. I think you have to keep in mind there's 20
4: times more Jets fans here mm-hmm. than there were Giants. The room rates are triple what they were. Okay. We have 250 oh. people right. RSVP'd, RSVP'd for a Jets party here tonight at Underhang. The stadium dynamic's going to be different than it was last week.
3: It, it will be, but they're at home last week against the Chargers with the Jets fans, right? And yeah. it's like, I don't know who going on the road with Jets fans. I don't know how yeah. different they Zach Wilson's going to be. Yeah. Good, <laughs> point. They were. Good point. They, Good point. Were Good point. At home. <laughs> they were at home. Yeah. And, they, they, and they scored yeah. six uh, points. Right.
1: <laughs> well, this is the Lombardi line. Can we Veason. see a backup quarterback,
3: though? <laughs> I don't know if
1: Zach f- finishes this one. Simian season. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up on the DraftKings Network is Pablo Torre here on VEASAN. It is sharp money at the top of the hour for Mike Palm, for Mike Pritchard, for our producer, Bowman and the entire crew in the back, behind the glass. I'm Fabian saying best of luck this weekend. We will see you guys
0: next Friday. If you dare.
6: Zumo Play.